0: Welcome to Darren Daily On Demand, your most trusted resource to help you become better every day. Here's your success mentor, Darren Hardy. Okay, as we wind up for our final roundhouse kick to the chin of fear, let's review the treasure we've already collected. First, we've learned that fear is not real. It's the mind overreacting to its survival job function, reacting as if this were 10,000 BC still. We've also learned that we can short circuit this ancient freak out response system by blackening it out for 20 seconds, those 20 seconds needed to engage in the activity. When it regains consciousness, it will realize that it's not actually under mortal threat. And we can keep the mind focused on one simple easy task at hand instead of letting it run amok with its twisted mind effect. Now the mother of all fear conquering techniques, the one used by the few, the proud to aim high to accelerate your life and to help you be all you can be. The organization that understands better than any other how to beat our inane fear response is the military. If the average person is scared to make a speech, imagine what the average undisciplined and slovenly teenager response to being shot at and attacked by insurgents might be. The military takes these young doughy newbies who've never been that far from the bosoms of their mothers and through the boot camp process, they turn them into fearless warriors. How do they do it? Boot camp is how. As part of the transformation, the new recruits are subjected to relentless and repeated fear, pressure, and stress. The result? These now soldiers have been habituated to fear. Now when they're 8,000 miles away from home in Afghanistan and the bullets start flying, They don't run in the opposite direction as any other normal human being would do. And that takes a well-trained and habituated brain to face enemy fire and run towards it. But if you can train your brain to run at bullets and bombs, think how easy it can be to train it to run towards a stage or a prospecting call or a group of strangers. This process started for me as a kid under the habituation coaching of my Sergeant Gunnery father. During my first game of Little League, I kept jumping out of the batter's box when the pitcher threw the ball. In my defense, it's a normal brain response when a flying orb is coming at your head, but it's not good for hitting a baseball. Plus, in my dad's opinion, it made me look like a sissy. My dad definitely was not going to father any sissy. So the next Saturday, He took me to the baseball diamond for some batting practice. Now, usually I craved my dad's time and attention, but this little father-son excursion I was not excited about. My dad drew a box in the dirt with the butt end of my bat, handed it to me and told me to stand inside. He said in his football coaching voice, which was the volume level needed to be heard from the sidelines. So a raging scream is probably a great description. He said, Stand in that box. Your feet never leave that box. I don't care where this ball is. Your feet never leave this box. You hear me? Uh, yes, sir, I said, barely audible over the sounding of my knees knocking. He pulled out a white wiffle ball and then threw it right at me. I flinched. It hit me, but it was light plastic, so it, it didn't hurt. He kept throwing it right at me over and over. The more he threw it, the less I flinched, and the less that I moved. Then he started throwing it over the plate so that I could swing at it. Every once in a while, he threw it right at me on purpose, but I was frozen in that box like a statue. Next, he took out a tennis ball and he repeated the process. The tennis ball hurt a little bit more, but just enough to matter. But I got used to seeing the ball come at me over and over and I didn't flinch. All right, he said, now we're gonna use a baseball. Seeing my face, he added, look, I'm not gonna try to hit you, but if I do, no big deal, okay? Well, I was skeptical about that. Then he said, I'll tell you what, if I hit you three times, we'll go to pizza when we're done. Now, I don't eat pizza these days, but back then, I really liked me some pizza, so I agreed. Near the end of the long batting practice, he had only hit me once, and I actually found myself leaning in to the next pitch, hoping to shorten the time gap between me and a piece of pepperoni sausage. Ha! There's two, I shouted from the batter's box. One more and we go to pizza. We practiced many times after that, and I always found a way to get hit three times. In fact, I got so used to getting hit with the ball that it became my greatest strength in baseball. When I got up to bat, I would crowd the plate just asking to be hit. It drove pitchers crazy. They thought that they could intimidate me by backing me up, by throwing the ball right at me. But I just stood there and took it like a statue. And I took it in the shoulder. I took it in the leg. In my baseball career, I got on base by being hit more times than most great hitters do by getting hits. But I got on base, baby. That's all that counts. My greatest weakness, in other words, became my strength. I became habituated to it. As a result, I no longer feared it. This has been my go-to strategy for every fear I've had that I've needed to overcome to accomplish my goals. As a kid, I got a job being paid to get people to fill out questionnaires for a trade school, and I'm an introvert. Approaching strangers was a very fear-inducing activity, so I used my dad's Little League strategy. I went to the busiest place that I could find outside of a BART train station in Northern California and approached everyone I possibly could never stopping to even think about it. When I started real estate, the idea of calling on for sale by owners or standing on the doorstep of an expired listing at 6 a.m. or cold calling scared the bejesus out of me. So I used my dad's little, little, Little League strategy and I did it with reckless abandon, even without thinking about it until it was no longer fear inducing at all. In fact, I turned it into a game, something that I found fun and rewarding. You can do the same with your fears. Do the thing you fear over and over and over again until you train your brain that it's no longer something to be feared. Not only will the fear lose all its power over you, but that fear can become the very thing that separates your success from everybody else's mediocrity. Understand this. The only thing stopping you from realizing your God-given talents and ability, the only thing that's stopping you from being who you are truly capable of being, the only thing that's keeping you from living the life that you were meant to live is fear. Turn that fear into fun and you will open up the floodgates to your potential. Nothing, and I mean nothing, will then ever be able to stop you again.